a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. This is Mana. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Mana, a podcast featuring ordinary men of extraordinary faith. I'm your host, Jeff Peterson. Now, none of the guys that you're going to meet on this podcast would consider themselves to be extraordinary, but it's their humble, holy way of living that is exactly what makes them extra to me, and I'm excited for you to meet them. Uh, Now, today's guest uh, is a special one. I mean, they're all special, Um, but this guest is a little extra special because, because he was recommended uh, to be on the show by a listener of MANA, uh, which which means so much uh, on a couple of fronts. One, the f- first front is that it actually means that somebody's out there listening to MANA uh, other than our family and friends. So that kind of validates that, which is which is kind of fun. But the but the but the but the second um, but the second reason that it means so much is that the recommendation itself, and 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 when you get a chance to meet this guest here today, it really validates you know, kind of the premise of, of this whole show, which is that, you know, that especially for guys being introduced to just ordinary men of faith, guys who are just living a a, a faith and grace filled life. So, you know, seemingly comfortably and confidently are exactly the kind of guys that we need to be meeting. And um, so anyway, so while I actually uh, knew of this guest tonight, uh, today, tonight. Um, and I could have kind of hacked together uh, a very flattering introduction for him based on what I knew of him. I thought it would actually be best to read the actual recommendation uh, that I received about about this guest. Um, and so to sort of to further kind of prove this point. So so here's 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 what the uh, the rec- how the recommendation read. Uh, Dear Jeff, I know. You're always looking for candidates uh, for MANA, and I would like to recommend someone you might know, and, and then so he said your name, 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 from from Holy Name of Jesus, which is the church that <clears throat> this guest and I had have in common. Uh, he and his wife, Leanne, have been involved with the Hammer Group since inception, and we're going to talk about Hammer in a little bit, um, and as they have a son uh, with developmental dis- uh, a d- disability named Jeff, coincidentally. Um, Father Arnold uh, even gave Jeff one of his uh, spark plugs years ago. And for those uh, listening who don't know who Father Arnold is and don't know the Holy Name of Jesus, that means nothing to you. But if you do, then you, that means a lot to you. So that's kind of a neat uh, reference that that this uh, nominator made. Uh, anyway, uh, he goes on to say, um, this, this guest started and continues to run the annual cinnamon roll sale uh, at, in January, which gives the proceeds to pro-life. I think he is on his 25th year. And, but this last part of this nomination is the best. Uh, uh, this nominator said, just add him to your list, Jeff. You can't miss. So I literally could not have said that better myself. And I can't wait for all of you, uh, out there to hear more and learn more from today's man up man, uh, all the way uh, from Panama City Beach, Florida, uh, and uh, and you know, I'm not supposed to be sort of time stamping these episodes, but I will share that that while we are taping this tonight, uh, it is two below zero in Minnesota, and it is much much warmer from where our guest mm-hmm. is calling in tonight in Panama City Beach, Florida. But anyway, today's man to man, Mr. Tom Silver. Hello, Tom. Hello, Jeff. Well, it great is great to speak to you tonight. Well, uh, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show, and thank you for uh, just being a very, very worthy uh, kind of uh, recommendation from from one of our listeners. And, I, and actually, I, I uh, kind of cheated a little bit there. That was actually not only a listener of Mana, but that, uh, that was actually Mr. Ed Sweeney, who was actually on season two of uh, of Mana. So you come very, uh, very uh, highly. Um, a uh, very high reference there. And of course, I know Tom Silver here. Uh, we were uh, fixtures uh, in the left-hand side of the church where we attended, uh, where all of our, the Peterson family, uh, Betsy and I and our four daughters, uh, camped out there on the left-hand side and, and saw you and Jeff and Leanne uh, <clears throat> at the Life Teen Mass for years uh, on end. And um, uh, But I just uh, really appreciate you being on the show. And I really, and I loved uh, Mr. Sweeney's uh, uh, nomination because, again, it speaks to those very simple ways that you 
have spent so much of your life making an impression and a connection uh, with other men and women um, uh, kind of uh, along the way, uh, you know, things like cinnamon rolls. I mean, you know, go, go figure. And w- of which we've bought several cinnamon rolls <laughs> over the years. So there's a lot to unpack here uh, today. And, and we're going to talk about all of it. We're going to talk about cinnamon rolls. We're going to talk about Jeff. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to talk about Hammer. Uh, we're going to talk about men's groups. Um, and you don't probably even know this, Tom, but you actually, we probably first met when you were serving me coffee at the Friday morning men's breakfast where I was this young punk uh, uh, dad showing up and um, and all of you, kind of the uh, the elders, if you will, uh, were, were basically hosting all of us kind of up and coming guys. And uh, so anyway, just so generous. And so, <clears throat> um, so we're going to talk about that. But I kind of want to start, um, we're going to do a little bit of uh, a little bit of retro here. I kind of want to start at the beginning um, and um, and just start with what it was like growing up. I mean, because the the Tom Silver that I've known from a, a bit of a distance, and we're going to get to know a little bit more tonight, um, is is obviously somebody very very you know animated by faith, driven by you know by the grace that we all aspire to. But how did it start? Is this something that has always just been part of your life? You know, what was it like growing up? Uh, way back when in the Silver household. Well, thank you, Jeff. I really appreciate it. Thank you for all your kind words and your uh, your bl- uh, flattering uh, your introduction. And th- thank you to uh, my friend Ed Sweetie for uh, making that recommendation and that uh, rather glowing uh, 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 guess would say uh, uh, recommendation and. Uh, uh, definition of me as a man. Uh, how did it start for me as a young man? Well, let me tell you, it started back in uh, a number of years ago. In 1948, I was born in a little small community in uh, Nebraska, uh, Loop City, Nebraska, uh, about central Nebraska, and a little Polish community. I'm, a, By the way, I'm 100% Polish. Uh, St. Jehoshaphat's Parish in St. Joseph in the Loop City, Nebraska. And my mom and dad uh, were very devout Catholics, 100% Polish. And uh, they were very, very church-going people. My, we, we never missed uh, a Sunday. Uh, I, was a, I am the fourth oldest of 11 children, so I grew up wow. in a large family. <laughs> 11, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I have six <laughs> sisters. I had four brothers. Uh, unfortunately, uh, three of my brothers have passed on and gone to heaven to spend mm. their eternity with Jesus. So right now I am the oldest of the of boy of the family. I have an older sister and then me and then uh, six siblings that are younger than me. Uh, we went to church religiously, and my father and father were, like I said earlier, that they really just just – brought us into the faith and and just we just would not ever dare or even think about missing mass because that was just something that you know that was not in the, that was not in my dad and mom's playbook uh right. we said the rosary occasionally i wouldn't say we say it religiously at night at night uh but we occasionally especially during times like lent and maybe other times we said it quite often at night um we would kneel down as a family and pray the rosary. Uh, in 1957, we moved to Minnesota, settling in southern Minnesota, in the uh, St. James Butterfield area, which is just in that south south central mm-hmm. Minnesota area. And I attended I, I attended the Catholic school in St. James. I, backing up a little bit, I did attend part of my second grade in a Catholic school in uh, Loop City at St. Jehoshaphat's, and actually that's where I made my first Holy Communion and made my first reconciliation there. So uh, when I was third grade, we moved to St. James, and and I went the the rest of my third grade and all of my fourth grade at the Catholic school in St. James, Minnesota. Uh, My dad and mother, you know, tried to make, that was was important to them that we did get to school. And then we moved, uh, a year later, we moved to another farm and, we ended up in attending public school, and after that, uh, moved to uh, 
an area north of Olivia, Minnesota, when I was in the sixth grade, and I finished out my schooling up in that area and finished to graduate from Olivia High School in Olivia, Minnesota, 1966. But attended a small church in Lake Lily, Minnesota, and I became an altar boy. I was an altar boy at, at that at uh, St. Thomas More Catholic Church in in, uh, in uh, Lake Lillian, and uh, then graduated. Like I said, graduated from Olivia High School. Uh, and but really, church was just a major part of our our uh, family uh, repertoire. We every, every yeah. you know, it was like when when dad when dad said the church was we, the car was ready and we were going to church. You better be in it. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and he wasn't taking any uh, any no for it. Wasn't taking. You better be pretty sick if uh, yeah, <laughs> right. to stay home. So yeah. I got to I got to really uh, go back and say uh, give a lot of this credit to my mom and dad. They yeah. laid the foundation for my my Christian background. Yeah, that's so cool. What, who are some other guys, you know, so as you think of, you know, because you, you had a, a, the, the benefit of having actually, you know, a few different, you know, kind of parish communities that you kind of were raised in and, and, and you know, the great consistency of the Catholic tradition where no matter where you go, it's, you know, there's, there's a lot of that, the same elements, but yet you're able to be introduced to you know, new priests and, and other, and other, uh, other folks, were there any other, you know, um, guys, especially, you know, uh, Sunday school teachers or, or youth directors or people that in addition to your dad, uh, and obviously your mom that, that stood out, I mean, and maybe not even through church, maybe it was maybe with teachers or coaches or who are the other men, you know, as you were growing up that, that played kind of a, a formative role in your, in your, you know, what, 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 obviously ended up flowering into a very, very, you know, uh, well-developed kind of faith life. Um, I, and back in, I would say one of the priests that I, and I still remember the name, but who I served mass for at, uh, in Lake Lily, it was Father Merle Monins was, a, was, I mean, I guess when you serve mass for a priest for three, four years, you, be, mm-hmm. you draw a closest to him and he kind of, you know, showed a lot of example. Uh, he took us altar boys to the uh, up to St. John's. He was a he was uh, a a alumni of uh, St. John's in, up in Collegeville, and that's where he yeah. did his studying to, for the priesthood for the diocese of New Ulm. And uh, so he was he he stood out in my mind. Uh, as far as teachers, uh, a, a teacher that I had, I, I took vocational agriculture in school in high school, and. My vocational agriculture teacher was by the name of Don Houghton. Don Houghton was not Catholic, but he was a he was a very devout Christian uh, and a very family man. Uh, and to this day, uh, I look back and I still mention many times about how Don Houghton had an impact in my life. Uh, oh, how cool. he led us young men uh, in the, in uh, in school. And and he was very important. He was, you know, he was important to my life, along with uh, I still remember some of the religious ed teachers that I had when I was in high school on Wednesday night uh, RD program that we went to, uh, and uh, the, these gentlemen who were businessmen or you know had, but yet they took time away from their uh, on Wednesday nights to come to teach us high school students and lead the religion class for us. Uh, Those, you know, they, they had a faith and they had, uh, they wanted to give something back and they were to us. So I I think back about, you know, some of these religious teachers that I had back. uh, And these were, these these were men, these were married men, family men, uh, men, men who had kids in school with me uh, and in the same, and also, uh, later on, we joined St. Aloysius Church in Olivia, and that's uh, the, the church that I've ever that uh, I still kind of call home. Uh, yeah. Even though it's been gone from there for many years, but just just these gentlemen who took their time away from their families to come and you know do this for us to give of themselves, uh, you know they 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 laid the groundwork for me. 
Yeah, yeah. So how, and this might be hard to, to maybe trace back, but, you know, from, from the time that guys like, like my age, you know, have known you and, and being such a, you know, especially for, for Betsy and I with our family, you know, we're, we're raising our kids in, in the, the parish community at Holy Name. So now we're fast forwarding now down the road. Uh, and, and we're seeing, you know, people like you and your wife being such, you know, kind of, um, flag bearers for the faith and, and involved in everything, you know, you're involved in the, you know, like we talked about with the cinnamon rolls and you're near the, the men's group, how much, how much of that, um, you know, that role that you, that you ended up playing, that you still play, how much of that do you trace back to growing up in, in these faith communities where you're seeing, you know, the business guy come in on a Wednesday and, you know, and that influence and, and where you're like, you know what, I'm going to do that someday. Or, is it something that just was felt just kind of like a natural, you know, just kind of evolution? You know what I mean? Like now this is now what you do. Like how much of it do you feel like was it, it was a deliberate, like I'm doing that because of the, the impact that those, you know, men had on me or it's just, it just sort of, it, it just kind of happened. You know, you found yourself doing it. You know, that's a good question. And uh, thinking back about, how I got involved. I think this, the latter part of that, what you said, it, it just happened. Um, I had a very close call back when I was in high school. I was a junior and I, I guess maybe I was a senior in high school. I, I was almost uh, lost my life in a, a, uh, in a very, just, I guess, uh, tragic, it would have been a very tragic tractor accident. Luckily, uh, the good Lord and was with me, uh, and it didn't happen. Um, the, I was driving a tractor, started out driving a, across a road. I was crossing an intersection and didn't see a car coming from the, from the, to my right. And I was driving a new tractor my dad had purchased. And uh, I basically panicked, but luckily the driver of the car uh, was Took the took the shoulder in front of my tractor, and mm-hmm. uh, avoided this this very bad bad accident. I don't know if I would have been killed or not. If I'd have been thrown off the tractor, maybe the driver of the car would have been killed. But it was something that has stuck in my mind, Jeff, for the rest of my life. And my mother and father and some of my siblings were in a car right behind me, saw this whole thing happen, and my father came to me. I stopped the tractor after down the road low ways after the intersection. My father got out of the car. I had stopped the tractor, pulled over to the side. My dad got out of the car and he looked at, came up and he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah. And I was shook up. There's no doubt about it. He looked at me and he said, are you okay? And I said, and he says, can you drive this tractor? And I said, yeah, I think so. And he said, drive it home drive it home. Mm-hmm. And to me, it was like, it was something that my father said to me that day. And he just looked at me and he said, all I can say, son, is wasn't your time. God did oh. not want you to die at this time. Wow. And I look back at that, Jeff, and I say, why did God allow me to live? Yeah. Why did he allow me to live? And then I had a, this special heart. I talked earlier with you about my heart. Uh, I would have been, I was drafted to, to go to the army in 1968, but I have a, because of my heart issue, I got a deferment. I was able to not go to the service. I didn't have to go to Vietnam. Now, again, that's two times now God has said, Tom, I'm, uh, I'm allowing you to live. Yeah. And I, yeah. I said, somewhere along the line, God is talking to me and telling me, Tom, I, and I took this as a signal from God to say, I, I've got plans for you. You need to work for me. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, and I was of the old Baltimore College catechism. You know, a lot of people maybe your age and younger especially don't know about the Baltimore catechism. But, you know, there's a question very early on in the Baltimore catechism that says, why did God make me? And the answer is, God made me to know him, love him, and serve him in this world, and to be happy with him in the next. Oh, and I literally oh, took that to heart. 
Yeah. But it took me a few years to really understand that. But he wanted me to know him, to love him, and to serve him. And I think that resonated in my life. Maybe maybe a lot of times I didn't even know it. Yeah. But it was sure. basically, and I'm a servant, Jeff. I've, I've been a servant. I love being involved. I love to do. And evidently God knew that in me. And he said, okay, I've got projects for you to do, Tom. So mm-hmm. here's what I'm going to, you know, I'm, you know, and it doesn't like there's something that hits you in the side of the head and says, do this. You know, it just, yeah. I guess I, because I'm that kind of a person, when somebody asks me to do something, I'm in. I'm, you know, I, yeah. I, my wife, the old, the old saying goes is that they called me, many people called me, Tom, I can't say no silver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that was very, uh, that would be kind of a joke, but, you know, was, I mean, if something was going on, if somebody said, can you do this? I'd say, sure, I can do it. I'll get involved. Yeah. 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 Well, so I think if, that, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of where I, I, I think it's just, was there anything, somebody that led me there? No, I think it was just God leading me in a very silent way and it just happened. Yeah, right. Well, one of the one of the things that I that I that's a great segue because one of the things I did want to talk about specifically uh, today is is the 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 work that you've done over the years with a very special organization uh, called Hammer, uh, and it's a community for those that aren't familiar with it. It's a it's a really really neat, very progressive, and actually very old. I, it's it's coming up on on its un, almost hundredth anniversary here, um, located here in, in Minnesota. And it's a really neat place that serves adults with uh, developmental disabilities, and is really dedicated to to helping these these adults really live life to the fullest. And um, and and not to not to uh, uh, <coughs> um, crib too much of Ralph Edwards. This is your life, uh, but I wanted <laughs> to actually read. I wanted to read another quote here uh, from somebody who was talking about you, uh, Tom Silver. Um, and about Hammer. So this is this is actually written a few years back uh, by at the time the the the, the board chair at Hammer, and he said, uh, and so I'm quoting. He said, "Hammer is a special place uh, to my family and me. Uh, my wife Kathy and I have been volunteers for 25 years. We were first introduced to the organization and its work for those with developmental disabilities through Holy Name of Jesus Catholic Church in Medina. Uh, it was Father Arnold Weber and fellow parishioner." Tom Silver, uh, and in parentheses, he says, one of the more giving men I know uh, who recruited us with the promise of fulfillment through giving back. And, uh, and that is another, uh, another testament to the, to the great work and impact that you've made. And, and when I read that, it reminds me, and, and, and as we know, you know, I want, cause I want to hear how you got involved. I want to hear, you know, all of the things that you've done to, to, to prop up the work that they're doing. Because to me, this is, um, and I'm not in this whole podcast as, as listeners know, this is not a very, <laughs> uh, deep theologically sort of like, you know, crafted podcast, but, but I do know in, you know, every once in a while you grab some things and you just can't hang on to them. It reminded me of, uh, St. Teresa of, of, of Avila, Avila, uh, who said, you know, one of her more famous kind of quotes was about, you know, Christ has no body now, but yours. He has no hands, but yours. He has no, and the whole idea being that, you know, when Christ ascended, you know, he left all of us with these, with a calling to go out and, and be the hands of Christ. And so, you know, when I read that quote about you and the work that you've done with Hammer, that's what you're doing. That's this this life of service is doing exactly that. And so, so let's talk about Hammer a little bit. T- talk talk about you know how you got involved and and um, and you know kind of the great work that that they're doing. Yeah, sure, Jeff. Thank you. You know, yes. And how did I get involved with Hammer? And it's that's quite a story, and I I I really enjoy sharing that story because it all started with uh, with Father Arnold, who you talked about earlier on in in your you know, introduction, about how Father Arnold Weber uh, back I would believe about 1983, Leanne and I and uh, our at that time only two boys. Uh, we I actually yeah, back up here a little bit. I do have four sons. Uh, ranging anywhere from 44 to 33. Um, we moved to Minnesota, we moved to the Twin City areas in 1982. 
and joined Holy Name Catholic Church uh, in, in June of 82. Uh, I think it was 1983, maybe 84, somewhere in there, uh, Father Arnold Weber decided at the, at the, at the request of the Hammer, Hammer and the people involved with Hammer, that they were, they were seeking religious communities to, to integrate a special needs ministry into their parishes and congregations. And so they, they had a meeting with many of the uh, pastors in the area, Father Weber being one of them, and they asked them if they would start a special needs ministry in their church. Father Weber said yes, and when Father Weber said yes, he meant yes. He didn't, yeah. he, there was no maybes, you know. Right. Uh, and, when, well, and, Father, and Father Weber was also one of those guys. I mean, like you talk about yourself being the Tom never say no silver. I mean, Father Father Weber, was, he was also one of those guys. <laughs> he, he said yes to a lot of stuff, which was great. <laughs> he, was, he, was very, he was very influential. And he, told, he, would tell me, he would tell me the story many times. And I, he would tell the whole parish, basically, the story. But he, he would tell it to me personally. But he said, you know, he said, when they asked him if he could, if he wanted, if the Holy Name would start this ministry, he said, yeah, we're going to do it. And when they said to him, uh, and I believe it might have been LaDonna Hoy, who's, by the way, who's with Interfaith Outreach, who was involved with Hammer, said to him, she said, Father, don't you have to take this back to your parish council and get approval to do this? He said, I just looked at her and I said, lady, don't blow it. And that was <laughs> that was Father Weber. I mean, that's just the way he was. And he says, "I've got the, I've got the, and I've got the person who's going to lead it." And uh, so, and he, and he, and he, he came to Linda Sher, uh and Linda, and said, "Linda, I got I'm going to start this ministry, and I want you to lead it." And Linda said, well, Father, I think I'm going to have to pray about this. And he said, well, you can go ahead and pray. You can go home and pray about it, but you're going to do it anyway. That was, <laughs> that was kind of what Father Weber was. So, yeah. so how did I get involved? Well, they were looking for, they were, this is back by 1984, 85, I guess. They said, we need people from the community to drive the special needs people from Hammer to church on a weekly basis and to get them here and uh, for mass. And once a month, they had a, what we called a faith sharing group. Uh, so they would come like an hour early. They would have like a religious program and then they would go to mass. So Linda shared that and she got a bunch of disability. She got a bunch of, excuse me. She got a bunch of volunteer people from the parish to help her, and they had this class. And uh, so they were looking for drivers. And they put the plea out one day at mass. And when I heard that, I looked, I turned to my wife, Leanne, and I said, Leanne, I think that's something I would like to do. I think I can do that. And so she said, okay, that's what you think you're being called to do. Let's do it. Mm -hmm. And so I would, and at that time, the Hammer organization was just one spot. It was a big dormitory type facility just on the on the eastern edge of Wyzetta by Village Chevrolet. They had a dormitory there, and we would have like a half a dozen cars would pull up in front of the building, and we would they would come out of the building and they would get into our cars. We'd drive over to Holy Name. They would either attend mass with us or they would go to their their Faith sharing, and then they would go to, they would um, go to mass afterwards, and they became they became part of our families. I mean, there yeah. were many of us, and we took turns. We didn't have to do it every week, Jeff. We just maybe did it once a month. But on the Sundays that I was, and, and there was a coordinator that made the schedule, and the day that I had the Sunday that I had to drive, Leanne would take the boys, and she'd go in the car by herself, and I would come with the special needs people. And they became close, very close, you know, very close to us. What was so neat about this? What's really neat about it is, two years later, God, God was working with me. He was, he was, in, he was telling me that Tom, I'm getting you ready. I didn't know this. 
But he was telling me, he says, I've got a special gift for you I'm going to give you. And in 1987, my son Jeff was born, and Jeff was born with Down syndrome. Wow. And we just, I just felt God was, God was preparing me. He was getting me ready for Jeff. And by working, by getting to know these people from Hammer who had, you know, special needs disabilities, they were from just minor mental disabilities to Down syndrome to autism to other, but he got me saying, Tom, I've got a gift for you. And this is my, my gift to you is your son, Jeff, who I want you to raise and to bring up. And so it was a preparation. Um, so in 1987, my son Jeff was born, and he just became part of the the whole ministry, really. I mean, he grew up with this. Uh, you, know, you mentioned Jeff earlier. Um, you know, Jeff's 33 now, uh, and uh, he's, you know, he, and he lives in a hammer group home. And that is one of the beautiful things of my relationship with Hammer. And to this day, I'm still involved with Hammer as a volunteer, still driving these people to church. Now with COVID, we're not be able to do that. But I was actually helping Linda share and another lady. We were putting the schedule together. And, you know, and we went through a, a, a group of different people at Holy Name that have led the program. But, you know, uh, of the last the last few years, Frank Renshaw has been doing it, and, and now with COVID, we have we've had to take a break, and we cannot have the uh, monthly. Uh, but because Jeff is, uh, you know, in he lives in a Hammer Group home, and let me I'll just say that one of what was another blessing for me and for Leanne is that I was I was asked to be a member of the board of of Hammer, which I served for six years. And while I was on serving on the board at Hammer, we were asked by Hammer if we wanted to move Jeff into a Hammer group home, which had always been a dream of ours because Hammer was very close to our heart and we knew what a great organization they were. And when they said, I said, well, do you have room? And they said, yeah, we might have, we even have a couple of openings. And so we moved Jeff into a hammer group home and he's been in there for almost, I think pretty close to eight years now, almost. Wow. Uh, and, uh, you know, still, you know, you know, you know, support them in, um, financially and in, in volunteering in any way yeah. we can, uh, because they are so close, you know, dear and close to our heart. Yeah. But it, it all goes back to, you know, 1985, I guess when father Weber, put that call out and said, Hey, yeah, I need you. <laughs> yeah. Can you, can you, and well, and what started so simple is just driving. It's just a K. Hey, can you, can you drive and pick some people up? So I've got two observations here, Tom, that, that we've got to share. First sure. is I can't believe Jeff is already 33. That is crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, it's yeah. like, that is wild. I, I, as his father, I can't either. <laughs> <laughs> that, is just, that is wild. But the second thing, and, and more importantly, I, I'm just, I mean, when you're telling that story, I, I, as someone who, who knew, you know, of you, obviously knew of Jeff and uh, being at Holy Name, I had no idea. And I would, I would contend that people that did not know the story that you just told, I, because obviously everybody knew that you were involved with Hammer and everybody knew Jeff. I would contend that 10 out of 10 people would have assumed that you got involved with Hammer because of Jeff. Because okay. Of Jeff, yeah. a, because that, of yeah. Jeff, you had a kid, yeah. and, and because that, that, I mean, that would be natural. And so that would the be fact, natural. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, but the fact that the Holy Spirit, and this is one thousand percent the Holy Spirit working here, the mm -hmm. fact that that He was pre preparing you, just like you said, He was He was getting you ready for this gift, is just is just it's it, it is. I'm I'm almost speechless. It is such a beautiful story. Of of just the of this of the plan, you know, this divine mm -hmm. plan that we have no idea. There's a great um, there's a great uh, a Bible verse that again I'm I, I'm going to totally butcher this, but it's from Jeremiah that says something like you know uh, you know call to me and I will show you things beyond your knowledge, something like that, which basically says listen God has God has plans for for us that we have no 
way of comprehending. And, and sometimes, you know, even if we wanted to know in the moment, we, it's probably just as well that we don't know because we wouldn't believe it. And this is one of those stories. You know, I mean, if you would have known at the time that something as simple as driving a van to go pick up some folks to bring to church would lead mm-hmm. to this, it, that is just, it's just, that's just beautiful. It's, yeah. I, it's, Thank you. Yeah, it was, wow. it's, it's, it, wow. it's really almost a miraculous story. You know, it's, it really, is. Yeah, it's, it's, and uh, yeah, if you did, like you said, if you didn't know, if you don't know the story, like you said, probably 10 out of 10 people or at least nine out of 10 people wouldn't know it, especially the younger members of Holy Name. They For would sure. not know that, you know, some of the yep. older ones might, but yeah, yeah the, oh. uh, majority of the people would not know that story and uh, you know all started with a simple invitation to say yes yes lord yeah well and and yes and yes because and obviously service of any kind in any way is is wonderful and so even if it would have been a more logical kind of sequence of hey you know we've got we've got we've got a son he's got downs let's get involved that's still wonderful so everybody who's doing that that's fantastic but what i love about your story is it started from a very, very unconditional place. Like there was mm. absolutely nothing, nothing in it for you when you started doing that. You know what I mean? There was no benefit. There was no personal agenda. It was nothing. There's nothing convenient, you know, about it. And and yet what it, what it developed into was something that, I mean, you can't even, I mean, you can't make that up. It's, it's, it's just, it's just wonderful. It's just yeah, so, so Thank great. You. Oh, Thank God. you very much. Yeah. You know, our ways are God's ways. You know, God knows our ways better than we do, you know, and we think we're, we, we think we're in control, but he was, he was in control of the whole thing. He, he knew what he, he knew what he was, he had in store for me. I didn't, yeah. but like you yeah. said, it started, it started so innocently. Yeah. And look where it leads to today. You know, Jeff was living in a grand, living in a Hammer group home today with uh, three other men, uh, part of the Hammer organization. I end up serving on the board. Uh, the gentleman that you quoted from, a good friend of mine, we were on the board together. Uh, great guy, uh, great family. Uh, got involved. In, in, you, you would not believe the number of times that I heard him say, what you just quoted from Joe, uh, how he said, you know, I got involved with Hammer because of Tom Silver. And yeah. it was by invitation and by by uh, your outward action, of what you're doing, you know. Yeah. And so sometimes you don't even, even realize that people are watching. And like you said, Jeff, you, you've watched Leanne and I and Jeff for years. Uh, and and what I was doing and bringing these people to Hammer from church, we don't even I, we know people are watching, but we don't know how much of an impact we're making. And evidently, oh, yeah. you know, we're we're making more of an impact than than what we we realize. But we're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it for no, God. No, no, yeah, totally. You, I'll, I'll just add this. I always told people, I said, you know what? I get more out of this than what I give. Yeah. Because I said, once you get to know the special needs people, and you've been with them, you just your your heart is is just changed for the rest of your life. Yeah, totally. Because they love, they have this loving feeling, loving uh, relationship, and they they don't have a hate bone in their body. They love everybody, mm-hmm. and so they have taught me. They have taught me so much. They have given me so much, and that's the grace of God. That's like you said. That's the Holy Spirit working. So much, so much. I, I, I uh, just the last last thought on this. And, and it very well could have been somebody from Hammer, but years ago, um, I remember being at Mass, and we've got a nephew who has autism, and it was early on, you know, and he had just been diagnosed, you know, three or four years old, and so of course it threw the whole family into this turbulence. And there was a woman speaking at Mass. And she was talking about, you know, these young people with with these, you know, kind of developmental disabilities. And she said their language is the language of God. And she was saying that, you know, that's they're they're angels. And so the fact that we don't understand them, it's because 
and she kept saying it's because their language is the language of God. And mm-hmm. it, it was, it just like, it just, it just pierced my heart in a good way. It was almost like yeah. this, like, wow. Okay. Like that <laughs> actually, you know, it takes, it takes all of our dumb anxieties and, and stresses out of it, you know, because it's like, yeah. Oh no, 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 no. They're, they're operating at a totally mm-hmm. different level, this level of unconditional love and, and this, language and i've just always remember that and and just so appreciated that and and that's what i think of you know when i when i think of uh, evan and one, and last com- one last comment if i may jeff is that i had a person tell me do you know why people like your son jeff are called special needs because they because god has called them his own and he calls them special every one of mm. them are special in the eyes of yeah. god and so they are special. You know, we maybe say that in just generic terms, we might say he's got special needs. But in guys, in God's eyes, they are special in His eyes. Yeah, yeah, and, it break, yeah. and, it, and it breaks my heart to know that so many people in our in our world today, um, unfortunately, think that these people are not worthy of anything, and they want to be. They, they think that we should just abort them and not bring them into society and, and, and burden our, ourselves, our families. And uh, that, that crushes my heart. But that's, that, that's, that's a story in itself. You know? Yeah. That goes, yeah with the, no. that goes with the pro-life unit, you know, which yeah, I'm very no. much involved with, as you probably know. So. Yep. No, so true. And I'm in to all that. It's just wonderful. Um, well, Hey, we are, we, I mean, we could talk all night and, and, but oh, yeah, we could <laughs> it, it, seriously, this is just so wonderful and selfishly, that's what I want to, to do. But, but Hey, we are, we're, uh, we're at the, um, we're at the fun segment of the show. Uh, and so this is, um, this is the, uh, everything else about the show is very open-ended and we just kind of see where the conversation goes. And like tonight, it just has gone in so many great places. Uh, but we like to end every show with the same three questions that we ask every guest um, as a little bit of way to kind of bring it on home. So we're going to segue now into the fun segment. And, uh, and the first question that we have, and just as a reminder to all the listeners, all of the guests have been given these questions. And so if they don't have good answers, it's on them. They just haven't prepared. So no pressure, no pressure there, Mr. Silver. But uh, the first question, <laughs> these are all, these are all going to be layups for you anyway. Um, so the first question is, if, if Jesus knocked on your door tomorrow, way down there in, uh, in Panama City, Florida, just looking for some warm weather, uh, if he knocked on your door tomorrow and just wanted to hang out for the day, uh, so you got a whole day hanging out with Jesus, what are you going to do with him? Well, you know, that's a very interesting question. And I, you know, I, thought about that uh, after you sent me the uh, email and note about that. And I think that basically I, first of all, I would be in awe and awe. I would probably, my jaw would drop if Jesus came to my door. <laughs> and I'd go, oh, uh, Lord, I, I am not worthy. <laughs> that you should come under my roof. <laughs> but uh, say the word, you know, and uh, my, <laughs> my soul be healed. But, yes. um, I guess, first thing I thought about is that, you know, Jesus loved food. And uh, he always, in the Bible and in his teachings, he was dealing a lot with food. So I would really like to, uh, first of all, one of the things I would do with him is I would say, we need to have a meal together, Jesus. We Mm -hmm. need to sit down and we need to, we need to break bread and we need to uh, have a glass, maybe have a glass of wine and just uh, let's chat a little bit and, and, let, let me let me let's get to know each other, and then, you know, if I'm back in Minnesota, where, where I well, which I will be back in March, but uh, <laughs> we we would you know we we wouldn't go for a go for a walk because it's probably too cold right now. Uh, but I think if it's down here in Panama City Beach, uh, I'm only a few about two or three blocks from the from the ocean or from the Gulf of Mexico. And I would take just I take Jesus. Let's go. On, let's go down to the shore, just like you did with Peter, James, and John, and 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 Andrew. And uh, let's go for a walk. Let's 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 walk and talk. Uh, I want to know more about you. I want to know what you know about me and what I can learn. And let's just spend together the day together, you know, talking and you know, it just getting to know Jesus and. And spend time with him in a special way of uh, just 
probably just pick his brain and ask him a ton of questions. And yeah. I mean, it would just be, it would just be so, so enlightening, informative, educational, but yet I'd just be in awe. I mean, I'd probably, I'd, when I got done, I'd probably cry like a baby. <laughs> because I would probably yeah. be, be so overwhelmed to say, yeah. "Why me, Lord? Why do you come yeah. to me?" You know. It's so good. I so that. And, that would well, be. I think yeah, there's I guess, yeah, and I think there's something about a walk too. I just think there's so, you know, just the the pace of it and the fact that you can just you know because some of the Betsy and I go on a lot of walks together and sure. sometimes sometimes there's so much just grace in just the silence too you know and just being Absolutely. together and yeah. walking and can you imagine that kind of silence that you'd have with Jesus walking oh my gosh you in, know? The water, in the water we were down by the we were down by the uh, golf today walking on on the golf today praying the rosary Leanne and Jeff and I and the slapping of the waves you know yeah there's a, there's something special about that I could just yeah. visualize that with walking with Jesus and he'd have his, you know, you'd either be in his sandals or barefoot and the waves would be coming up and he'd be walking with his feet in the water. And, and, uh, you know, and, and I'd say, can you walk on water? And he said, well, if I was in Minnesota right now, I could. Because it's <laughs> but, yeah, but uh, you know, it's, this would just be, it would just be a, a, a day of, of, of fun. Just be really special. Um, yeah, that's yeah. beautiful. I love that. And then I think maybe I, we we told, I would just ask him, can we pray together? You know, let's yeah. you know, how can we pray together? You know? Yeah. So that I guess that would be my day with Jesus. I love it. I love it. That's a that's a good good day. All right, fun quest. Uh, fun segment. Question number two: uh, If you could go to church with any other guy, uh, living or dead, uh, famous or not, uh, you don't even have to have known this man if you don't want to have known him. Um, but basically you get to go to church, uh, and it's gotta be a guy. Who are you going to go to church with? Well, that was uh, very interesting. And at first, first when I looked at that question, I just kind of drew a blank and I was sitting uh, on the couch and my wife was sitting uh, on a love seat across from me. And I said, I, you know, and at first, and then all of a sudden I, it just came to me and I said, you know, I think I would like to go to church with St. Pope John Paul II. Mm, and yeah. it just popped into my mind and I said that to my wife and she said, gee, that's funny. She said, that's who came to my mind too when you said that. Um, I, was a, it, it, I, You know, I grew up with him. Uh, I was in my late 20s, early 30s, when he was named our Pope. Uh, and he was our Pope for many, many years. Uh, and I watched this man lead our church. And I got just a great admiration for him. And being a Polish heritage, I think the fact that we would have that in common. And by the way, just for <laughs> just a little side note, my father, who, like I said earlier, was 100% Polish, has a, a slight resemblance to JP too, you know. Wow. Kind of all too. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at you know, and uh, for the longest time, I and I still think I do have that picture, but I have a pic- I used to have a picture of uh, of uh, Pope John Paul to the second in my office when I was when I was working before I retired, and he was looking. He was he was in my office looking down on me, and. Mm. Yeah. But I think I, I would love to, and then just just go to go to church with John Paul too, and pray with him in his reverence and holiness, and just again I'd be in awe. But what a gift that would be! What a gift. yeah, yeah. Well, and he did so much to to grow the church and really, you know, just bring it to even more people. And you think of the work that we all are called to do is to just, you know, evangelize and, 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 you know, broaden, broaden the, broaden the net or widen the tent, whatever the (laughs) phrase is. I mean, he just did so much, so much to do that in such, such a global force. Um, And so that's great. All right. So last question, uh, fun segment, question number three. Um, if you, and over the years, I know that you have actually, so this is not a rhetorical question at all. I know you've, you've done this. And so you could just, you just, you could just go, go, go into the, the treasure chest and grab, <laughs> grab an example here. But, but you know, this whole, this whole podcast is about, about men and, and how we, how, how, how we men can 
you know, inspire each other and embolden each other to live these confident lives of faith. But if you had, uh, if you had a chance to give one piece of advice to a younger man, um, so it's, and you know, you can think about me 20 years ago, you know, when I was just starting off on this new dad and, and you're looking at me going, Oh, <laughs> what, uh, or even younger, maybe it's a teenager, but if you could give one piece of advice to a younger man about, you know, living a life of, of confident and comfortable faith, what would that one piece of advice be? Well, I think the big thing would be prayer. Prayer and prayer and prayer. <laughs> um, you need a faith life, but you need a prayer life. And I'll be honest with you, my prayer life probably got better as I went on. I wasn't. I was very. I was a very faithful churchgoer, but I wasn't a very solid prayer for a long time. But I think without without prayer in my life. I don't know where I would be, and I would just, and I love the rosary. I say it almost every day, um, and I ask God to be, to guide me and help me, and to my family, my uh, grandfamily, my boys and their wives and their my grandchildren. But I just, I think you just got to keep that faith and, and going to Mass, between mass mm-hmm. and prayer, I think too many of our young people today just have not, um, don't have the dedication, maybe is the word, of, of what prayer and that mass is. Because to me, to me, Jeff, prayer and mass kind of go together. I mean, to me, mass is prayer. And yeah, I go to daily sure. mass just about every day. And I'm not doing that down here in in Panama City Beach, because unfortunately they don't have it every day at our, the church that we go, that we're going to down here for a few weeks. But back at home in Holy Day, you know, we have eight o'clock mass, and I'm there, and I'm a lector. I'm a weekly, you know, daily lector. But that mass is so important. I mean, I feel like I'm missing something when I don't. So it just draws me closer to God, closer to Jesus, and closer to my family. And if you want to raise your family and lead them right, uh, I think you, you, if you don't have that that dedication and that prayer just, life, just don't don't give up on God. Don't give up on Jesus. Just yeah. pray to Him and be sure to include Him in your daily uh, everyday life. Yeah. Well, and show up. I mean, it's it's like your dad. It's like your dad sitting in the car years ago, and yep. it's like we're going to church. <laughs> <laughs> get, yeah, yeah, yeah. get in the car. Get in the car Car's yeah. leaving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Car's leaving in two minutes. If you're not in it, yeah, you, you, you mean don't? Uh, I'm not leaving you behind. You're gonna right. uh, ready or not. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much, Tom Silver. Thank you so much for everything. It's just been a wonderful, wonderful conversation, and just uh, really, really appreciate you sharing it and sharing so much of of your you're life. Certainly uh, welcome, on, Jeff. On Thank you for listening to MANA. If you have any questions or recommendations for future guests, send them to manapodcast at gmail.com.